Time for another edition of the Morning Panel. We are joined uh, today by former London Police Chief Murray Faulkner and former City Councillor uh, Roger Carency. Thanks to you both uh, for coming in today. The untrue rumor. By all means. Uh, Murray is a Boston Bruins fan. Uh-oh. Well, that's not no. That's not true. I just said. <laughs> I said it was. You know, it, the Leafs. The Leafs <laughs> won last night. I said, but big deal. They have to play Boston, which is totally different than Tampa Bay. So, well, I mean, Tampa's no but slouch. Let us enjoy. Well, what they're we're not going any through. slouch, but yeah, Boston, Boston's, Boston's built for playoff hockey, which is totally different. Let Roger. Boston's let a beast. us enjoy what we're going through right now, Murray. Don't burst the bubble. But but who I'm really pleased with are the Knights. They I are never, I, at the beginning of the year. I would never have said they would have got this far, let alone Stubbsy saying they're going to the Memorial Cup. I mean, hey, um, London Sarnia, that's going to be fun. Uh, Toronto-Boston will be fun. Toronto-Boston will probably break my heart, but uh, London uh, Sarnia, no offense to Sarnia, uh, might uh, repair. I think the plus thing is the Habs aren't in the playoffs, so. Well, that's always a good thing. I got to live with a Habs fan, so. (laughs) Habs and and Senators. uh, I don't like those Senators fans. Uh, well, hey, speaking of Ottawa, uh, let's talk about uh, the strike. This is not just an Ottawa strike, but it does deal with the federal government, of course. Today mm-hmm. is day seven of the uh, uh, federal public servants uh, going on strike. Maybe it's apparently uh, the union made 570 demands. Uh, the uh, Treasury Board president uh, saying the other day that uh, in an open letter, they've made uh, headway on a lot of those, but there's four outstanding issues. Uh, those issues include uh, primarily uh, wages, uh, teleworking, uh, seniority, and what was the other one? There was uh, one more in terms of um, uh, working conditions. And so at a certain point, um, I mean, I was saying earlier, I hope that by Thursday's game for the Leafs and Lightning that this is all done with. I don't know if it's going to be. But at what point do MPs need to step in? The union was calling for the prime minister uh, to step in over the weekend. I think if the prime minister is called in, he'll probably order everybody back to work and they'll still continue to negotiate. I, I don't think he's going to say this is the settlement and take it. I don't think that can happen. I think he'll leave it to the uh, the bargaining that's going forward right now. But, you know, I, I have a difficult time. You know, we've got a lot of great civil servants in this country. There's no slam against them. But when, when you hear things like a 13% increase in wages is what they want and a 9% is what they've been offered – you know, the 9% is high. I don't know anybody who's received 9% wage increase that's, recently. That's 3% a year. So mm. it's, well, it's still yeah, 9% yes, yes. at the end, you know, and, and it's just, it, I, I don't know anything that's out there. I know there's a lot of open jobs out in the, the community. So yes, you can do other things, but with what civil servants have in terms of benefits, in terms of um, <clears throat> time off, uh, I don't think Canadians begrudge them, but I think when when, it come, when push comes to shove, Canadians are the ones who pay for it. The taxpayer is the one who pays for it, and you don't want to be overpaying. This this tele uh, telework uh, again is another issue, and again we we were talking about it before going on air. Uh, this is a big issue that's that's rearing its ugly head, in in my opinion, uh, in in many many jobs. I don't understand it because if you're working for somebody and you worked in a in a in office building, if you worked at a a, a plant, um, I think you should go back. And I don't see how you can dictate to your boss what you want to do. I think that the the company has uh, their their uh, their rules as to how people should uh, should be a part of their company, and 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 they said it. It shouldn't be up to the individual to tell them what they want to do and dictate to to the owners how they want to work. Okay, do you want my uh, 
uh, prediction on what's going to happen here? Absolutely. Well, write this down. All right. And, uh, what's the April the 25th? Yes. So uh, they will get more than 9% over three or maybe four years. Uh, the 9%, uh, my understanding is not 333. Three, three. It can be maybe 522, two, but I think they'll get more than 9% and they'll give up the uh, option for working from home. There's no question that that as an employer, you need to have the right to set hours and to set the working conditions of people. Yes, I know there's a labor shortage, but but my hope is that they, the federal government won't bend to this because what happens in the federal service will then dictate in the private sector. And provincial. And provincial. Yes, and provincial. So there's a huge snowball effect here. Uh, yes, it's high, but cost of living last year was 6.5%. And and so I can understand them wanting to do some catch-up there. Yeah, yeah but that, that I'm going to go at that yeah, right now. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, 6.5%, everybody has. Uh, it's Inflation has been an issue across the country. And not everybody can strike uh, and, and ask for the rate of inflation on their, uh, on their paychecks. I, I'm saying that maybe you've got to live with it for a bit. You'll eventually get to where you want to get to, but you can't ask for it all in one one sum. The one the people who want to stay home too, think about it. The federal government's paying huge lease payments on a lot of buildings that they don't own for offices for these people. And if those offices remain empty, the government can't get rid of those leases. The government still has to pay those lease lease payments. And and so there's a waste of money being being paid for that type of thing. And then you, on top of that, you're putting this nine, ten. 12, 13 percent increase to the employees. That's a huge, huge cost to the Canadian taxpayer. So the reason I say it will get settled and and the, the, the union will give up that uh, right to work from home is, is twofold. One, it'll get settled because I think there is at least 14 liberal seats in the Ottawa Gatineau region. So if you've got a minority government and you go for an election <laughs> and there's a lot of federal employees – that would vote in the Ottawa area, you need to count on those 14 seats if you want to stay in power, number one. Number two would be, though, the longer the strike goes, and if they are saying that the average salary is 35000 to 60000 and we hear that most people only have two weeks of savings, there will be pressure upon the union by the rank and file to get this thing settled because the longer the strike goes on, the worse financially individuals would be. And long, long strikes you never make up regardless of the pay raise. And so there's that. The other point would be is only 35% of the 120,000 actually voted and of that, 80% of that voted to go on strike. So usually you see a 99 or 98% I'm not sure that there's a huge desire by the rank and file of federal servants to prolong a strike when when a salary offer is is very good. The the work from home aspect aspect is the really interesting part for me in terms of cuz that, you know, that's something all industries and sectors are seeing right now in terms of what happens in the future for the future of work is it work from home? Is it a hybrid? Is it in the office? I'm very much a proponent of being back in the office. But there's a lot of people who have gotten very comfortable working from home. Well, they have. And I wonder if if that could be a problem during this strike. 
because you're not actually shutting down some of those services that are that you're striking. You, you go to a certain building, you 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 know you hold people from going up into that building, even the management who who are supposed to work at that time. You're, you're probably not doing that now because there are people working from home. So it's it's a very interesting um, thought. Uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of pressure to to go that way. But again, I say if there's more product, and, and I think they're finding that. And you you hear dueling studies of is there more productivity if you work from home? Is there more productivity if you work from an office? And uh, until somebody answers that, uh, that's going to be uh, asked for by by many of the people who work in, in not just that industry, let's say, but others. And uh, so I don't know how it will shake out. Again, my my thoughts are that if the uh, the company, which is the government in this term, um, wants you to work out of an office. You go work out of an office, and that's the, just the way it is. The the weird part about this whole situation is that an employee is a commodity that can go anywhere now, almost because there are so many vacancies, and so um, this is the era of the worker. And so, when it's the era of the worker, the workers try and get as much as they can when they can, and so I think we see that playing out in the public and private sector. So it's it it'll be very interesting, but I I cannot see the federal government allowing the work from home at the discretion of the employee. They have that now. They depending upon the position you hold, depending upon the work you do, it's already two to three days at home. So if I was an employer and I said if I was giving you that right, therefore you no longer have the expense of coming to work and parking and buying different clothes. So therefore, a salary increase may not be justified as much. The other thing, too, when we need to take a break here is, um, you know, down in the future, if you can work from home, then someone else can do your job from home and they don't have to necessarily be in Ottawa. They don't have to be in B.C. They don't even have to be in Canada necessarily. I mean, you would think you would, for the federal government anyway, have Canadians working. But in other sectors... If someone can work from home doing your job, then anyone can do that. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. We continue on with the uh, morning panel on the morning show, joined this week by former London City Councillor Roger Crancy and former uh, Police Chief uh, Murray Faulkner. I want to talk about air passenger rights. We got an updated list of the air passenger rights uh, yesterday. From reading uh, this morning, it seems as though... Uh, both uh, the airlines and the people in the air passenger rights are both upset about this. So I don't know if that means we have a good compromise or maybe if uh, we don't have the uh, great update here. But uh, basically, the uh, federal minister laid out the reforms that will put the onus on airlines to show a flight disruption was caused by safety concerns or reason outside their control. The uh, amendments uh, include a, a, a increase for the maximum pen penalty a carrier uh, carries for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, I don't know. Um, so the, the the onus basically is going from the traveler to the airline, which I think is good. But I mean, there's so many, there's such a backlog already. I don't know. How- well, there's over forty two thousand complaints. Yeah. And and of course now, if this legislation passes, if the if the government doesn't dissolve prior to September, they want this legislation in effect by September. Um, how are they going to resolve these things within thirty days? They can't do it now. So so the, like, gotta I, hire more people. When they say that the devil's in the details, it sure is. But more so, the devil's in how it unfolds. That you make an airline now be responsible. So there's still the 
the easy way out by saying it's a safety concern. And so how does a person and how do they then prove it's not? When when you're looking at a 30-day and there's nothing on file, there's, you know, things can be changed by just saying, oh, it was a tire was, was too low so we couldn't take off, right? So I I think there's a lot to be still desired in this. The other thing is, if you think that this is going to cost the airlines more, who's going to pay for it? Yeah. yeah. So it comes down well, to Like, okay, so airfares go up. I mean, we have this kind of cozy um, commercial enterprise in our country where banks really don't have a lot of competition, Railways. where – railways don't, where airlines don't. My gosh, I just looked. If I want to fly from London to Ottawa for the weekend, Friday to Sunday, right, it's $844 from our airport. If I want to fly from Toronto to London, England at the same time, it's only $80 more each way. Oh, come on. I mean, so there's not a lot of competition. So how do you force where there's little competition within a, a business to to follow these rules that I don't know whose a entity is going to try and force them. It's it's you know I I have I have uh, an opinion on this in, in terms of you know if an airline my biggest worry would be if I'm stuck on an airplane for four or five hours waiting to get off. That's my biggest peeve. I, it's never happened to me. I hope it never does, but I can see how people don't want that to happen and, and the airlines should deal with that. And the reason they don't have people disembark is because they'd have to have come back on the plane and, uh, and and it costs them money every time they do that. And that's understood. But, you know, I'll tell you a story. A few years back, we were on a trip from uh, Cuba to uh, to London. We were supposed to fly into London. London had a winter storm. So we were rerouted to Toronto and we landed in Toronto. And I could not believe the unreasonableness of passengers who said, what a ripoff. And they were just barking, crying at people and, and saying, you know, this is crazy. We should be, you know, we should, they should let us in, into London. They should land us. And listen, if the pilot comes on and says it's unsafe to land in London, I don't care if they put me down in Vancouver, just get me down. But there is some unreasonableness, I think, from, from passengers. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm picking on, seems like I'm picking on uh, government employees and, 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 and people that, Things are being done for. I get it, but you can't always have what you want is what they say. It's not – it's unreasonable at times to do things that people are asking for. Let me ask this. We've got 90 seconds because you touched upon something. But I think this gets – at the root of all this is, is the lack of competition. We just don't have the competition. Do you – like if you want to – we can talk. It could be airlines. It could be grocery. It could be banking. It could be could be media, it cell could be phones, cell phones, oh. telecoms. Do you think the federal government would ever get to the point where they would allow foreign uh, companies to come in and provide that competition? Because domestically, like Bell and the Rogers, they're not going to allow it to happen. They'll just buy them up. So it needs to be foreign to come in. Would the federal government ever do that? Do you think? I, I think what people should worry about is the fa- the safety factor. And when you when you deregulate an industry like that. Uh, there are issues with with safety. You're, the government could deregulate. They're probably not going to have more inspectors, so the, the maintenance on aircraft may not be the same. It just there's a lot more to worry about if you start going down that path. Um, Although we don't see a lot of U.S. airlines crashing, well, you haven't lately, which is really good. Yeah, which is really so good. so. You know, uh, competition is a good thing. I think like. Uh, we talk about open markets. We don't really have an open market in this country, whether it's milk 
or eggs. Like it, it. <sighs> but we don't have a large population either. We don't have a large enough population to sustain some of those things, and that's why. But we'll end the conversation there. I appreciate you both coming in today.